Good evening. Happy Cinco de Mayo. It's a great excuse to get together to drink. If you drink, I myself do not drink. But if you drink, it's a great excuse to get together with friends and family and to just have a good time because as we all know, this past year has been hellacious to say the least. And so it's good to be together. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar with Cinco de Mayo, what it's even about. Um, I know that I wasn't until we were preparing for this this um, bar church worship service. Would it surprise you to know that Cinco de Mayo is not even really celebrated in Mexico? They don't care. They really don't care. It It, it is really a way for immigrants who have settled in the United States from Mexico to reclaim their heritage. Now, it has historical origins, of course, the Battle of Puebla, uh, when the the Mexican army defeated the French, I believe it was. That's what we commemorate on the 5th of May. But in Mexico, it's really not that big of a deal. But here in the United States, for communities uh, of color, particularly Mexican immigrants... It's a really big deal because they live in a culture that's not really their own anymore. And so it's a wonderful reason and justification to reclaim something, to reclaim something, to reclaim a piece of heritage. Now, what this reminded me of is of our own tradition's ability to appropriate things that are not our own. When you look back on the Christian tradition, we have a tendency and a habit of taking things from other religious traditions and making them our own. We've done this for a long, long time. Now, the cynic in us might say we stole these things, but someone who wanted to be a little bit more gracious might say that we found deep meaning in these other things that we have appropriated. Now, what are those other things? Well, we've just celebrated one of those major things, and that would be Easter, Easter has roots in the pagan celebration of the spring equinox. Same with Christmas. When trying to identify and establish a date to celebrate the resurrection of Christ and the birth of Christ, what the early Christians did is they, they looked at the surrounding pagan cultures and they identified existing symbolism in those traditions. Now, for Christmas, it meant that as the days were getting longer and as things were getting darker, it was an appropriate time to celebrate the light that was coming into the world. And with spring, as the days were getting longer and the sunlight was getting to where it increased significantly more, it made sense to celebrate the resurrection of Christ where the light overcomes the darkness. There are countless instances of this in which Christianity draws from the existing spirituality around them. Even today in Africa, for instance, what we have is a blending of indigenous African religious traditions and the Christian faith. So if you were to visit some places in Africa, you would hear tribal myths that they would tell about their ancient gods that they've worshipped alongside 
the God of Christianity that was introduced to them by Europeans and Westerners. So there is this appropriation and there is this borrowing that exists in our culture where we are able to look and we're able to see in our tradition where God has already been in the world, even outside of our own faith. And it's wonderful and it's beautiful. And it even has roots in the New Testament. Our text from this evening comes from the book of Acts, chapter 17. The Apostle Paul is going into the city of Athens. Hear this scripture today. It says, while Paul waited for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to find that the city was flooded with idols. He began to interact with the Jews and Gentile God worshipers in the synagogue. He also addressed whoever happened to be in the marketplace each day. Certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers engaged him in discussion too. Some said, what an amateur. What's he trying to say? Others remarked, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. They took him into custody and brought him to the council on Mars Hill. What is this new teaching? Can we learn what you are talking about? You've told us some strange things, and we want to know what they mean. They said this because all Athenians, as well as the foreigners who live in Athens, used to spend their time doing nothing but talking about or listening to the newest thing. Paul stood up in the middle of the council on Mars Hill and said, People of Athens, I see that you are very religious in every way. As I was walking through town and carefully observing your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. What you worship as unknown, I now proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in temples made with human hands. The Apostle Paul goes into the city of Athens and he sees this altar to an unknown God. And what does he say? He says, this pagan God that you have been worshiping, what you don't even realize is this is the one God. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. You just didn't know it. And so what he does is he takes what's familiar to them, what they know, and he reimagines and redescribes it in a way that allows them to, to claim the faith of Jesus Christ for themselves. He borrows from the Greco-Roman pantheon of gods to help people see Jesus in a new way. And we may think, well, that's okay, Paul wasn't Jesus. But you know what? Jesus even did this. In one of the most pivotal moments in his ministry, the night before he was crucified, during the celebration of the Jewish Passover, he appropriates the Passover supper, and he gives it new meaning, significant new meaning for Christians today. He takes the bread and the, and the cup that were at the Passover table, and he says, this is the body which is broken for you. This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. And for many, he takes what is familiar to them, what they know. And he changes it just a little bit. He borrows from his own tradition to give those who would follow him and us today a new tradition to hold on to. When we look in the world, there is all sorts of ways that we can see God. We can see God in the Jewish tradition. We can see the way that God is present 
even in creation, we can see that God is present, yes, even in a bar, in the conversations that people have when they gather together with one another. What we must ask, what we must consider is two questions, one of which we can ask ourselves at the end of a day. It's a great spiritual practice. And that question is, during the day, where is it that I saw God? Where is it that I saw God? And when we begin to ask ourselves that question, what we begin to embrace is a much more boundless understanding of who God is. Because we can see God at work, at work, at school, in the songs that we listen to, in the movies that we watch. If only we are mindful enough to ask the right questions. Where did I see God today? That's the first question. If you take nothing else away from this evening and all of the chaos that is Bar Church, take away that question. Where did I see God today? The second question is... When we encounter different things as we go about our day, ask yourself, if God could speak to me through this, what would God say? And sometimes the answers are nothing, but depending on what the day is going like, depending on where you are in life, a stop sign may speak volumes about what God is trying to say to you. If you're going through a rough time, if, if you're, we're doing things that we shouldn't be doing, you see a stop sign, if God could speak to me through this stop sign, what would God say? Well, maybe the answer is simple as stop it. Stop doing what you're doing. I don't know how God is going to speak to us, but I do know that God speaks to us throughout our day, and throughout our lives in countless different ways. We need only ask the right questions, and we need only be open to the Spirit's movement. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that there are traditions and cultures and ways that you speak to us. That though you came to reveal your full self through Jesus, you have gone before us. And you come alongside us that we may know you in the mundane, in the ordinary, and in countless different ways. God, be with us. Open our our ears, open our eyes that we may know and see you. Amen. 